The Buckeye Raw Extra Podcast is proudly presented by CF Bank, the boutique bank. Trusted for over 125 years with commercial financing, residential lending, personal banking, and more. Visit us online at www.cf.bank. NMLS 409132, all loan subjects credit approval. Terms, fees, and conditions may apply. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Up the uh, floor for questions. We'll open up right in the middle. Dave Biddle, 24-7 sports. Ryan, I know things can change based on the circumstances, but right now is the plan to uh, redshirt Evan Pryor and Comacord if possible? I think they've only played in four games. Right. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we still have a lot of football left, like you said, but um, if, if we can, we would like to, uh, but you just never know what's going to happen here. Still a lot of big games ahead of us. How much of a, not just with those guys, but every year, how much of a balancing act is that? You didn't have to worry about it last year, but just how much of a balancing act is that trying to preserve that year of eligibility, but also doing what's best for your team this year? Yeah, I mean, you, know, that's, you just have conversations and you try to figure that stuff out. But, uh, you know, the, the good news is some of these guys are actually able to play some games and still redshirt, which is a great thing. Um, you know, how many guys are actually planning on playing for five years? And that's that's up to the individual. But, um, you know, certainly this time of year, things like that do come up. I think we're asking enough questions, so I do have one more. Um, Master Teague, how is he feeling? Do you think he's going to practice today? And just how's he, how's he doing overall? Okay, he's doing okay. It's kind of day to day right now. Thank you. Uh, right next door, Joey Coffin, Club is dispatch. Ryan, your, your senior day honor uh, on, on Um And there's some guys who are like juniors in terms of eligibility Nick Petit, uh, Ferrer, uh, Master Teague. And then there's some seniors who are also on the list, like Taraja Mitchell. It's, it's, I guess, can you walk us through kind of like the the list a little bit yeah no we just um you know anybody who's you know considered a senior whether it's eligibility wise uh you know who wants to go ahead and, and walk um you know out on that uh before the game they get they get a chance to do that i don't think most of them made a, a decision on on what their their future uh, holds for them but um at the same time you know they want to have that opportunity so if something were to happen whether go to the nfl or whatever um that they would have an option to do that so uh, we just kind of leave it up to them. I wouldn't look too far into any of those things. And as far as this week's matchup goes, uh, Kenneth Walker's lead the nation in rushing really good back. He's kind of known for his patience, and people have talked about that. Is is what what do you see as the challenge with stopping him? Was there any kind of like uh, similarity with with Mo Ibrahim in the first game? He was a guy who was kind of talked about his patience. Uh, have you faced a back like him? I don't know. You're right. He does have great patience. Um, he's a, you know ran the ball just about everybody in the country. Their line does a good job. They have, um, you know, a very good offense, and, and he's a big part of it. Makes a lot of guys miss uh, in the hole, and so you know you're going to need to do a great job up front in uh, defeating blocks. And then you know it's going to take more than one guy to bring him down. Um, but but you're right. I think his vision and his patience and his ability to make a guy miss in the hole are probably some of the things he does best. Third row left, Dan Holt, 11 Warriors. Ryan, you guys didn't really get any pressure on the quarterback against Purdue. Obviously, they were getting the ball out quickly, but when you look back at the film, is there anything you look at and, and see as a concern there? Uh, you know, it, the game kind of turned into a passing game quickly because the score was so lopsided early on, and, you know, we jumped up pretty heavily on them, and the ball was coming out quickly, and, and we were rallying to the ball, but... Um, certainly, you know, there's times where we could have tightened up the coverage and there were other times where, you know, we probably could have got to the quarterback faster. So, uh, again, there was a lot of things on that film that we learned, especially playing against a more, um, you know, pass heavy team. Yeah. You know, in a game like that, you know, you're up 35-7, you know, and then, you know, the rest of the game, you, know, you kind of have a bigger lead. Like, is it harder to maybe 
keep the same level of defensive intensity that you would in a closer game? Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Uh, I think maybe human nature kicks in, but uh, it's certainly not what we want. We have a standard every time we get on the field to score 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, so that shouldn't affect us. Whether it did or not, I don't know. But, um, you know, we, we play to our standard here. Right front, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Um, I think Travion played maybe the first three or four series, and then you guys brought mine. And is that the type of knowledge you're looking for there? Obviously, Travion being your guy, but you know, working with another guy maybe three or four series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's about right. Um, how, how, with Mayan and Travion specifically, like, how do they complement each other as running backs? Um, I, I think, I mean, I, you know, you, you know the skill set, but I think uh, Travion has his skill set. I think Mayan brings in. Uh, he's got, you know, really good vision. He's strong. He's powerful. Um, I think you saw him finish some runs off where, you know, he was turning those runs into uh, more than they were and running on contact. I think he's really good at that. Uh, he's built low to the ground, so he's strong when he runs. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Travion's probably a little bit more of a home run hitter, uh, but both really good backs. And, and like you said, they do complement each other. You, uh, fourth middle, uh, Pat Murphy, 24-7 Sports. Brian, you talked after the game about CJ's preparation. He talked to us afterwards about um, watching film, talking to his teammates about the film, and then seeing that in games and thinking that's helped. When in the course of his development did you see that start to happen where he was preparing the way you wanted him to and he was helping other guys in that in that sense? I think it's only grown over time and it's going to continue to grow and still we still have a lot of work to do there. But um, I think it's just kind of a gradual thing. But I think when he came back after the week off, you know, he kind of came back with a little bit of a different bounce in his step. Uh, I think he was healthier, but I think he had a different perspective. And he really kind of started to own uh, and take accountability for the offense. And Lathan took responsibility for the touchdown over the top of them after the game. Or, sorry, um, Bryson, not Lathan. Um, you know, he, he said that can't happen. And, you know, it seemed to get to him. How have you seen him kind of step into that role that Josh had at the beginning of the year? And, and have you seen the development you like? Yeah, he's been very accountable. He's been a, a good player for us. And uh, I know he wishes he had that play back. And so you know, he'll come back and get that fixed. But uh, but he's a guy that uh, has, has played well. He's had production. He's graded out as champion. Um, he, he does a good job of getting everybody lined up and communicating back there, which is very important uh, for the free safety in our defense. Um, he's got tremendous work ethic. He's a you know tremendous uh, teammate, and um, and so yeah, you know, we all have things we want to get back. So the, the whole thing is, you know, you just don't let them happen again. You get them fixed, and I'm sure he will. Fourth or left, Jacob Bench, Philanthropy. Hey Ryan, you got a top ten showdown coming on Saturday. Just how unique is it that the Big Ten has three teams in the top ten? And these games have national implications for not only Big Ten title <clears throat> stakes, but like CFP stakes and stuff like that. How unique is it for the Big Ten? Well, I think that uh, this has been quite a year for the Big Ten. And I think when you look at um, the second half of the season in the Big Ten, uh, there's been some <clears throat> unbelievable games. Um, there's been some really good matchups. And it's week in and week out. I mean, I think you're finding who can sustain in November. Uh, there's really there's no weeks off. You know, we, we had our bye week um, after week six. You know, and I think most of the teams in the conference did as well. But then... After that, I mean, it's it's all conference games. You're talking nine of them, and we got very good teams from top to bottom. So you have to bring it week in and week out, and I think that's the challenge right now. And you're seeing some really good teams in the league, and uh, it's obviously a lot stronger this year than maybe the last couple. Going back to Master in mind, you know, speaking about the stretch run, is the plan to kind of split the carries, keep them both fresh down the stretch run, or is, how do you kind of envision that going forward? For those? No, at this point, we're we're trying to win the games. You know, it's just. 
this is, um, you know, you win, you move on. If you don't, you know, you're done. So, I mean, we're, that's the, that's the mindset, you know, we're trying to win a championship here. And so at this point it's, you know, you got to go play the best guys that give you the best chance to win. Uh, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Brian, uh, presumably you will be on the sidelines this, this year against Michigan State, uh, unlike last year. How hard was that? And can you kind of you allow yourself to savor at least having a normal season? And even with all the pressure, you're, things are kind of back to normal. You've got a team that's in the hunt. Right. Um, you just kind of address that. Yeah, you know, I, I thought about that the other day. Um, when, when I read that, you know, there were some outbreaks and things going on across the country. And I just, I, I thought back on last year and what that was like having to deal with that and <clears throat> certainly would never want to go through anything like that again. Um, that week in particular was very difficult, but, um, you know, it was great to see, you know, the leaders and our staff really step up and go on a road. And, and, uh, you know, we had a bunch of people down that week. There was uh, some staff members, there was, uh, players, you know, so it was, a big challenge, but you learned a lot about our character and our culture of this team to, to go see that happen. And I was proud of that, but it was not easy at all. Um, and it, it is great. Just, you know, the fans seeing them in the stands and, um, you know, every once in a while you take a look up at the, you know, the stands, at least I do now this year. And when things are going well, you kind of, you know, smile because, you know, you know, you know, they're enjoying themselves, you know, they're having fun back together again, you know, hundred and, hundred plus thousand people in the stadium, you know, after a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's what this thing's all about. And, uh, to, you know, to say, I haven't enjoyed that wouldn't be true. I mean, it's, it's been great to get back in there, even going on the road and going into hostile environments. And that's one of the reasons why you coach. And Michigan State's had an amazing turnaround with Mel Tucker. You have addressed the job that he's done and the challenge that you faced this week. Yeah. Um, very good team. They play with uh, really good energy. I think they're really believing in, in what Mel's doing up there. Uh, he certainly turned that roster quickly um, over into a you know a championship level roster, and um, you know they they have really good players and uh, they played well. They have good scheme, so it's a challenge across the board. Front row right, Austin Ward, Leonard Ross. Ryan, I know how highly you guys think of Matt Jones and his ability to come in and be that sixth guy. Is that rotation still more about him, or are those other guys more? banged up than maybe we know it's a little bit of both we want to play all six but there's been some things the last few weeks that have come up um i mean you know you know about the dewan situation there and you know nick you know had a had a rough week there he lost a family member and um you know we've had some guys who've gotten dinged up paris had a couple things here and there so we just got to move guys around it's this time of year and because of the versatility of paris and matt and uh you know some of our guys we've been able to do that and um and so that's that's a tribute to them how have you felt that that rotation has worked out and it seemed like, you know, maybe they were more successful with it on Saturday than the previous couple of weeks? Well, I thought we played well and, and we got to continue to do that. We were clean. We were rocking people off the ball. I thought we got really good movement in the red zone, uh, but we were clean. You know, the, the, the combination blocks were clean. The pad level was much better. Uh, we played with really good energy. Uh, protection was, was really good. Karloftis was a big challenge, you know, and, and they, they uh, stepped up to the challenge there. So that's that's the type of play we need from the offensive line in November in the Big Ten if we're going to continue to you know play well. Second row left, Bill Landis, the athletic. Ryan, your uh, your first touchdown the other day, what, you hit the, the crosser, I think, with Garrett and, and Jackson on the outside yeah. there. Uh, did CJ get you into that based on what yeah. he saw? And, and I guess, like, how much leeway does he have kind of looking at those things and making those decisions? Uh, we've been giving him more and more. Uh, he did. He changed that play uh, based on what he was seeing and, um, and signaled the play. And... It was really, really well done. Again, those are the things that people don't see is all the hours that we put in to those type of things. And 
uh, he did it. And, um, and that's why it worked, you know, and there's just, there's a lot to it. I, I told the, uh, the team that, you know, in order to be good this time of year, you have to upgrade yourself every week. You know, and I, I use the analogy of the iPhone, you know, the iPhone that was around three years ago is a little different than the iPhone there is now. It has different capabilities. It's more updated and you have to continually update yourself week in and week out. And because of that, um, you know, hopefully the guys understand they have to bring it every week because the plays that worked four weeks ago, maybe not work this week because guys, they go into laboratory and they come up with ways to try to scheme you up. And so you have to continually stay up with, you know, and current with your stuff. And I, I think he's done a good job of that. And we've got to continue to do that again this week. And it, that, that point in particular, it did, it did look like they were going to bring some pressure and then they kind of backed out of it. But, you know, CJ saw what he saw, he made his call and it still worked. Like, is, is there anything to sort of stick into your guns there, even if, if what you see is not exactly how it plays out? Exactly right. And that's the biggest thing is to be indecisive, you know. And, you know, we, we tell them all the time, once you make a decision, be decisive and go, go make it work because it's not always going to be perfect. That's not the way the game's played. But as long as everybody's on the same page, we're good. And uh, when you have different tools to get you out of situations, it's and, and not everybody can handle that. But he could in that moment. So now he's got to keep building on it. Deep far left, Mark Snyder, press pros. Coach, nobody has really talked much about your special teams this year. I, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, it's so hard to play special teams nowadays. But what has gone into it this year? Um, nothing really has blown up and cost you a lot of yards. But at the same time, people look like they're making really good decisions catching the ball. Yeah, I think um, Parker Fleming has stepped in um, and uh, done a, a very good job up to this point of uh, motivating our guys, putting scheme together, um, you know, bringing a new kicker, a new punter in. Um, but I think the guys in the special teams are taking a lot of pride. I think we have a really good uh, core of guys on special teams, a good mix of some veterans, some young guys, and, um, and even some guys who are walk-ons who came into this program who have really built a huge role for themselves in special teams. And they take a lot of pride in it. And I, I think I mentioned it before, um, you know, the walkthroughs before a game uh, that we have at the hotel or wherever we're at are as sharp and as real as I've been around. Just an edge to them. They bounce around. It's just really on point. They take their job very, very seriously. And, and that's winning football. And uh, I think you've seen that on special teams. But again, it's, it's got to continue because it's week to week. A product of hunger with a lot of the, the young young guys coming off great recruiting years wanting to make their mark. Well, you don't come here to play special teams. And so the challenge is how do you motivate players to want to play special teams? And there's two things here. First off, we believe our best players play and we show clips of all the some of the great players to come into Ohio State who cut their teeth in special teams. The second thing is when we teach special teams, you're, you're learning football. It's all about ball. So you're learning how to take on a block. You're learning how to uh, use different skills and fundamentals that you're going to use in your position. I think Matt Barnes kind of started it uh, the previous years, but, but Parker took it over where they'll show a special teams clip and then they'll show them in their position. So take, for example, our running back who's working a dip and rip. He's got the ball in his hand. He does the same thing on a dip and rip to avoid a tackle. It, they, and we say it's all ball. You're learning how to become a better football player in special teams. So those are the two things that we talk about to try to help the guys, you know, be motivated to play special teams. And, and they take a lot of pride in it. And, and I think you can see that when they're on the field. Okay. Uh, deep left, Brendan Gulick, Buckeyes Town Sports Illustrated. Hey, Coach, I realize you started to address it a little bit when uh, Bill asked about Mel Tucker. But when you've had a chance both last year watching that team and now it's a different team this year, but all the scouting you've kind of done, obviously they've run the football well. Beyond that, when they're playing at their best, what does that look like to you? 
Uh, it's complimentary. I, I think that their defense is very good. They, uh, you know, they don't they don't give you a lot of X plays. Uh, they're very good on third down, good in the red zone. Uh, try to create turnovers, um, and then and then they try to control the game on offense, running the football. So when they're creating turnovers and not giving up a lot of big plays on defense, controlling the game on offense with run game, uh, and then play action pass to try to create some things down the field. Once you put an extra guy in the box, um, you know that's that's kind of their deal. And then um, you know, have a good punter and, and good, they're good on special teams. So if they're playing in, in you know, I'm sure their their plan to win is to play field position football just like ours is. Then that's kind of their recipe. Wilson the last couple of weeks probably showed why he is so valuable between not being there against Nebraska and what he did last week. What other things can you share with us that, that you've seen that fans don't get a chance to see when they're watching a game at the stadium or on TV uh, that showcase or highlight why he is so special? I, I think it's more about what, what happened in the offseason um, and uh, his dedication with Coach Mick in the weight room um, and you know his his work with with Coach Hart in the uh, uh, you know in the meeting rooms, I think he's just been a pro this year, um, and has really taken a, a big step in in those areas of being a pro, taking care of his body. Um, you know he's strong, he's powerful, he's um, you know m- his football IQ has has gone way up in the last year or two. Uh, I just think he's really upgraded his game. He's very very competitive, always has been. Um, he loves to play, but. Sometimes you can't just go out there and play. You have to play within the offense, and I just think he's taken a lot of strides in that area. Corporal left, Jack Emerson, the Lantern. Hey, Ryan, I want to ask about one of those walk-ons on special team. Chris Booker had a tackle inside the 20 on the opening kickoff, and then he helped force that fumble uh, down by the, I think it was around the 11. When you have a team full of four- and five-star guys, how does it feel to have a guy like Chris, who was a former club team player, come in and make an impact like that? No, it's 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 tremendous. And, you know, you look at – what he's done, he's player of the week, you know, Kate Kaczerski, uh, Xavier Johnson. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them that are, that are doing it, helping and, and a big part of our special teams. And, um, you know, to see Chris make some of those plays in a big game like that was tremendous, especially with his background and what he's been through kind of out of football for a year or so. And then, uh, trying to find his way on the club team. And then, and then obviously walked on here and when he got here, he looked, looked a lot different than he does right now. Um, so really cool to see guys kind of self-starters build themselves into a career. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but they have uh, the club team has qualified for the national championship. Is there kind of a pipeline that you see from the club team? Do you talk to Coach Greg a lot, or how does that? Uh, I mean, I think um, we're aware of them, but um, but certainly um, I, I can't sit here and tell you I'm an expert on what's going on there. Right next door, Colin Gate, rivals. Hey, Ryan, little uh, go back to the defense a little bit. Do you? I mean, you said that you guys kind of uh, used that drop eight approach a little bit. And I'm, and I'm curious about what you saw watching film. Did that work? Is that something that you could see, you know, being utilized more, more in the future, especially with, you know, pass heavy offense? I think it gives you, it gives you a different look at the windows change, but you still have to execute the defense. And I don't think um, we did that well enough to be quite honest. Um, so, you know, we'll look at it and against certain teams, if it gives us an advantage, we'll do it, but you have to execute it. Um, and obviously there's give and take with everything, right? You know, when you, when you rush three, you, you've got, you buy an extra guy in coverage, but you also lose a little bit of the pass rush. So making the decision on what gives us the best chance that week is what we'll do. But no matter what it is, whether you bring three, four, five, or six, you have to execute the defense. This might be an overly simple question, but what is the pass rush's 
record or the rusher's goal in terms of developing like just pass coverage? How how important is a distinct pass rush to, I guess, the coverage in the back? That's everything. Yeah, I mean that's you know tying up in the front with the back end is is exactly you know how you put a defense together and you know you have the decision week in and week out to rush three, rush four, rush five, or rush six. If you rush six, then you're probably playing some sort of zero coverage where there's no safety in the middle of the field. If you rush five, then you're probably playing with one safety in the middle of the field and some sort of man-to-man coverage. If you rush four, then you're probably playing with two safeties or there's an extra guy down, which we call the whole player. And so those are the kind of the, the conversations that, you know, you try to figure out what gives you the best chance to win. Uh, Sticking on the defensive theme, you you played two really strong rushing teams early on. And then since then, that really hasn't been the strength of, I think, any opponent you've played. So how are you kind of assessing, while the defense as a whole has improved, how are you assessing the improvement against the run and where you are right now? Yeah, it's it's week to week, like you said, because it seems like every week is just a completely different. When you look at Minnesota as compared to, um, you know, Rutgers or Indiana, Purdue. Now we have Michigan State. Uh, you know, Penn State was very different. You know, so week in and week out, uh, it's, you know, each team brings in a different, you know, set of issues. And, uh, you know, all we can do is go off of what we see and do the best we can to put the guys in the best position to be successful. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to pad level and defeating blocks and, um, you know, a bunch of guys running to the ball. Um, so we'll get, you know, I think at this point of the year, we got a pretty good handle on who we are and now it's just a matter of executing and playing well from a tackling standpoint is that something that was more emphasized after those earlier those two earlier weeks and where do you feel like you are right now just fundamentally we'll still practice tackling today we you know it's it's part of every tuesday when the pads are on um and it's you know it was it was an emphasis in the preseason we tackled way more than we ever have before because we knew we had a young team and it's been an emphasis week in and week out um, since we started uh, because we are still a young team, even though we've played a lot more football now. The good news is there's more body of work to go upon and we have more experience, so uh, we don't need to do it as much. Third row middle, Doug Lamarys, Cleveland.com. Uh, Ryan, you've talked through the year of CJ's development and seeing the field and how you like how he sees the field. Now you're talking about some changes he's making at the line, that kind of thing. How do you evaluate that characteristic in a quarterback recruit? Is that more difficult than evaluating, hey, he's got a good arm or whatever? Like, what, what's that process for you? And try, because it seems obviously very important to what you want in a guy and to how he's going to succeed. Uh, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And, and I think every quarterback is different, but um, you're looking for some sort of extraordinary trait, whatever that might be. And you do the best you can to try to project what that's going to look like in your offense. Uh, but it's not always easy. You know, you get to spend some time with them, but you're not actually in the games with them and you're not with them in meetings every day. And there's just so much that comes with it. And you do the best you can to try to identify who those guys might be. And you go from there. Is so like the, the, the mental acuity, seeing the field, knowing what play to get yeah. into, that can be, the extraordinary trait for some quarterbacks? Absolutely. Yeah. And it is for, you know, I would, I would argue that the guys who make it, you know, for a long time in the NFL, the majority of them have that because it's a very complicated game at the highest level. You know, just to say, I'm just going to go out there and throw the ball around. It doesn't work like that. And uh, flipping to the defensive side, uh, ideally with your linebackers, what in the defense that you guys play, how much are you, should your linebackers be 
identifying something and attacking it, how much is read and react, maybe make sure you're in the right place, but don't be overly aggressive. It just feels like sometimes steel is getting after it, right? But what, what's the ideal balance of how you guys want linebackers to play? Well, you have your keys, and then you use those keys to, to identify what to do. You know, and so let's just say you're reading, you're, you're a defender and you're reading the play side tackle. If the play side tackle pass blocks, typically you need to now react in some sort of a passing mode. But uh, if he's in the run, then you have to get up into the run. And one of the, you know, the, the traits, if you're talking about a defensive player is how quickly can they react? Can they see their keys and then diagnose what they're seeing? And there's a lot to it than just reading the tackle. You know, it might be a screen. It might be a pass play. What is the concepts? What are the splits? What is the, the, you know, the depth of the running back? There's all these things that we look at. And the faster you can process information and faster you can diagnose a play, the faster you can react, like you're saying. We go far right, uh, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Rowe. Ryan, when you have three wide receivers that are doing what, what your three are doing right now, uh, you had Jackson two weeks ago, then you had Garrett last week. Are we just supposed to expect that Chris is going to do more of the same this week? <laughs> <laughs> no. We're just trying to win the game. I don't know. I mean... Uh, good news is, you know, if guys are just where they're supposed to be and CJ's throwing the ball where the defense um, you know, tells him to throw it, then, you know, the, the ball's going to get spread around pretty good. Um, if we start to press, if we start to do anything and deviate other than that, then that's where we get ourselves in trouble. You have Chris as the lone Olympikov finalist, but he's the third leading receiver on the roster. When you hear that kind of thing, like, what does that what do you make of that? Because you're the play caller. You're the guy who's getting, getting these guys involved along with CJ. Like, what do you make of that? Well, I think it just it just tells you, first off, I, mean, I think people across the country know what a great receiver Chris is. And there's a lot of teams who just decide that they're going to take Chris away and, and put, a, put a corner and a safety over the top and say he's not going to beat us because we've seen him do it against a lot of people in the country. But, and that can be frustrated for Chris, but... Uh, or, you know, play a certain coverage that can take him away, which forces the ball to maybe go somewhere else. Um, and, you know, he's a great team player. He's got great leadership. He's got a great attitude. And, and you know, he's got a bright future in football. I mean, a really bright future. He's a, he's a first-rounder. Um, so how does that all work out when the dynamics of the team week in and week out? You know, you don't know. It changes. You know, he, he caught a post for a touchdown that got called back in the game. You know, he catches that. Maybe his numbers look different. You know, you just don't know. It's just kind of how, how the game shakes out. But uh, he's playing at a high level. He's a great leader and a great captain. Going to go uh, far left, Olivia Wilde, Spectrum One. Hi, coach. We're on a transition to senior day. You know, talk a little bit about the legacy the senior class will be leaving. You know, how they helped this season, their legacy as a whole. Yeah, well, they've been through a lot. They've been through COVID. They've been through, um, you know, a great run last year, and they've been through a lot this year. And they've grown a lot. Um, a lot of them didn't uh, have a ton of experience going into this year. Some others did. They came back, and um, so th there's a bunch of them in there, but. Uh, they've won a lot of football games, and like you said, a lot of them have left legacies behind of, you know, how um, others have shown them the way, and how, now they're showing some of the younger guys the same way. And uh, I think that that's been really strong. I'm, I'm very proud of uh, the legacy that they've left our younger players. I think it's real. I think they a lot, take a lot of pride in Ohio State, especially at a time where you know it's a little bit more about me than it is the university and the program. I don't feel that with our team. I think there's a lot of pride in being Buckeyes, and I know that going out in the stadium is going to mean a lot to them. And what are you telling your guys ahead of senior day to pump them up? Does this mean something special to them this week? Talk a little bit about that. I, I try to talk to them about it during the season. I mentioned it for a while last week 
you know, I said, you know, and, and I just talked to him, don't wait till the last game to lay it all on the field because, um, you know, I was there that, you know, my last game, it's like, man, I, I wish I had a couple more games. And so I try to bring it up to him all the time. Like, don't wait till your last game, like do it now. Cause you just never know what's coming and you certainly don't want any regrets. So, uh, this is just another opportunity to get out there. Uh, but it also will bring up some emotions. You know, there's been a lot, um, that they've done to get to this point. You know, there's just a lot of work and they need to enjoy the day and take it all in. Have time for just a few more. Go over here to the far right, uh, Don Berry, WBNS. Coach, uh, obviously this time of year, weather can be a factor. Um, the conditions of this past Saturday weren't great cold. There was wind. Yeah. Uh, CJ was 31 of 38. I mean, just how impressed were you with the performance given that? Yeah, I, I, it was. It wasn't perfect, but, um, you know, we always talk about how you have to handle it better than your opponent. That's We can't control the weather. Uh, kind of the same situation happened in Indiana kind of out of the, out of the blue. Uh, and, and we're going to have situations like that. It's not going to get any warmer. It's not going to get any um, the brighter out. I know that. So we're going to have to be able to handle it. But we knew that. We talked about in November, uh, the, these last six weeks, to, there's a lot that comes with that. And, the, and typically the tougher team, tougher physically, tougher mentally, and tougher emotionally will win. And so uh, we talked about it. But I thought our guys played tough. And, you know, it was cold and it was windy. But, but that's football in November in the Big Ten. But for him to be able to throw in those conditions, yeah. what did you learn about him then? Yeah, I, I asked him before the game. I said, can a Cali kid throw the ball in, you know, 40-degree weather with 10-mile-an-hour winds? And he said, yeah, no problem, Coach. And he just shrugged it right off. So, uh, I mean, it's it's always good to see. You never know until you see it. But there'll be worse weather coming. How, how big of a challenge is this Saturday? When you look at these guys, what do you see? Yeah, it's it's a huge challenge. Um and, and it, it, it's a challenge because they're very, very good, a top 10 team in the country, uh, you know, playing for a chance to go to Indy. You know, we got everything on the line here. And, you know, both teams have had to bring it every week for a long time. You know, we're in November. So when you add all those things up, I mean, it's a giant challenge. All right, Adam King, WBNS. You talk about the challenge. You said March Madness a lot, heard from the team a lot. How much do you guys focus on the fact that this is a top 10 game? I mean, this is the eyes of college football on you. And then how much do you say just treat it like another game? Well, we always say it's always been about us. And so it doesn't matter who we're playing. It's about our preparation and who we are. And uh, if we're playing at our standard, then a lot of good things happen. So that's what we focus on. But at the same time, we have a lot of respect for every team we play. And we knew these this six-game run here at the end of the season, if you don't show up, you're going to get beat, just the bottom line. And we try to own that and bring it every week and be consistent. And that's what greatness is, is bringing it every week. They yeah. don't say you're a great team if you don't bring it every week. And so that's, that's what we got to do. And, uh, and a big part of that is just having the respect for these teams like we do at Michigan State. Do you guys get excited for having maybe that game that's on the center stage, that top 10 matchup? Do you get fired up for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is what it's all about is being in November and, you know, having game day in town and top 10 matchup. I mean, this is why you come to Ohio State. And we'll wrap it up uh, with a, probably a quickie or two from Tim May, Letterman Row. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a cut, but what do you think, Ryan? No, you're good. Yeah. Uh, when, when you get ready to present, you and Corey, y'all get ready to present CJ, hey, this is this is what this team's all about this week, you know, you're, you're facing. How much do you, how much at this point in the season do you pare things down? I mean, uh, try to keep from overloading, I guess, what he should prepare for. But then number two, to extrapolate where this, where that defense can now go based on what you guys have shown. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. the is that the great juggling match yes. at this moment, the information? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you can you can really screw guys up or you cannot give them enough, enough information. I think, you know, how do you how do you process all that information as a coach? 
but just sift it through and just give them exactly what they need and keep it really, really clean. So their eyes are really, really, if you have to reteach something, if you start to give them things to think about that, that are out of whack, you can confuse a player really fast. And so uh, that's why I take that very, very serious. And one of the quickie, uh, promise the last one, uh, is it a benefit playing Michigan State now 10 games into the year as opposed to playing this team, which was totally remade, you know, uh, roster-wise by Mel Tucker over the offseason? Now now you have a much more of a sense of what that team is all about when you watch them on video, if you follow my drift there. Yeah, I think we're both different now, and uh, it's just a different challenge. Um, it would have been a different challenge if it was week three or four of, of the season, but certainly if it was week one. Uh, we're just a different team now, so – um, you know, once the schedule came out, you know, you know, you'd have the season to kind of get a feel for who you are and who they are. And, uh, and that's a different challenge than coming in on the first couple games of the year. And, um, you have the whole off season to kind of change who you are, your personnel, your scheme, your coaching. And, um, but, but now there's a body of work there to, you know, work upon when you're trying to game plan. Can I ask one last quickie? Of Is course. there a point of pride for you and your group that y'all are number one in the nation in total offense and number one in scoring offense, uh, in scoring, you know, do you feel like y'all are getting there? <laughs> you know I, I think mean? that's, yeah, I think we have confidence and I think we're proud of that. Yes. But, but I also think that there's a, um, you know, there, there's a, an expectation and that we all have, and you don't just go out there and score X number of points. You take it one play at a time and you play clean and a lot of big plays are going to happen. And when we start to focus on that, that's what's important. But, but really the thing that happened last week is we had a great week of practice. We had an edge to us. Uh, we practiced with, with purpose. There were guys who wanted to get things right. And because of that, we played that way. And that's, that's what we got to do. And sometimes for 18, 19, 20-year-old guys, that's not always easy. But that's the challenge this week. And if, and if we practice that way on, on all three phases, then we're going to have a better week on Saturday. So, yep, thanks.